Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello, welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney. And I am Amanda Walton. Welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in to another podcast from Montana's Peer Network. Today, Amanda and I are talking about trauma, the impact of trauma in recovery, and really going deeper. I've done a couple of these podcasts before where we're kind of, I don't know, I think of it like, how the word is like, just peeling back the layers a little bit. We do a lot of podcasts here at MPN, you know, and, and, and we talk a lot of times to people in early recovery, you know, making the little toolbox right away and how important that is. And, but this podcast, we're going a little deeper. We're talking kind of peeling back the layers we're both people who have a few, quite a few years in recovery. And yeah, we thought we would just discuss and share our experiences around trauma, the impact of that, and what that looks like later, kind of like later in recovery. Is that a good way to say it, Amanda? Yeah, absolutely. It's the progression of recovery, I think, is, is, is where we end up addressing trauma or realizing that we have trauma in our lives that needs to be addressed. I think maybe a good place to really start and dig in is, you know, what is trauma? Because mm-hmm. people may not identify what, you know, what experiences they've had in their past are trauma or as traumatic. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, trauma is an adverse experience. Any adverse experience that we've had throughout our life that creates unresolved grief, um, in, ineffective or uneffective coping mechanisms, right? that impact throughout our lives, our perception of ourselves, our perception of the world around us, our perception of others, our behaviors, and the choices that we exhibit later in life. So it impacts everything. Mm-hmm. There's one perception that is created because of an adverse experience that we weren't, didn't have the tools to deal with or weren't capable of dealing with at that time when it happened, impacts everything else. You know, we, yeah. we become distrustful. We Um, are angry, we're bitter, we are depressed, we're anxious. We may not even understand why, especially if it happened when we were young children, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We have this anxiety that's always around us and this depression, we feel like we're not good enough, we blame ourselves, you know? But then later on, whenever we find ourselves coming to a place where one of the peers that I worked with used the phrase, you hear the flutter of angels' wings. So you come to a point in your life where something happens that you just have to do something different because the way that you've been doing things hasn't been working. You still, mm-hmm. you'll see improvement and then you'll cycle again. You'll experience the same choices that you made in the past that were unhealthy, you know, drug use, alcohol, those kinds of things. If that's where your journey is, or you you have behaviors that that cause you to cycle and feel even worse about yourself and influ- impact influence your relationships and and your perception and your work performance and just your life in general, right? 
Mm -hmm. And when that experience, whatever that is happens, we, we go to a place that we become aware that we have to do something deeper. We have to go inside and look at what's going on underneath the surface because the years that we've spent or the time that we've spent addressing the symptoms hasn't been working. Yeah, and I think, well, I think that's hard for, for, for people. I, I think that that's the challenge, right? That's the, that's the challenge is, is getting over the, that fear. You know, I, I think I have this view of the world today of we're all scared, mm-hmm. but for some of us, I think in, in recovery, when you have faced, faced, you know, your own demons, if you will, right? You know, you gain this self-confidence about the world and you're able to rely upon your tools and your past experience and your your confidence in your abilities and that only comes with time and recovery you know that's why you know this is like the deeper stuff this is like further along and you're able to mm-hmm. manage or dispel fears that i think a lot of people have of just about the world in general Right. And I think I think they walk around in in a state of of being scared. Now that that can come from, like you said, early childhood experiences. Most certainly, they that's a learned that's a learned behavior. I mean, we don't come into this world frightful of every everything. There's only a few things that we're scared of, right? Like loud noises and falling. I think those are the only two things that mm-hmm. we're like born with. We learn all the other fears. But I do think that that's a huge part of it and and fear of everything, fear of ridicule, fear of loss, fear of shame, fear of humiliation, you know, there's all kinds of types. But if you can get beyond that and get some experience sort of under your belt, and that's where I think those of us in recovery, like I said, I mean, I think we overcome things and that's part of our journey early on. But then as you begin moving down the road, like you said, if you keep repeating the same sort of things, I mean, it's time to, to really start looking inside. And, and I'm a huge advocate for people to go to counseling, to a, to a therapist, to, to mm-hmm. talk to somebody that was really impactful in, in my life. And when I am not doing well, I can call up my counselor and say, hey, it's time for me to come back in for a tune-up. Right. And I can go back in and I can work on things again. And that's all right. <laughs> there's no, there's no fear there. There's no shame there. It's okay. It's time to tune the engine up a little more, you know? And, right. And, and it's refreshing whenever we are able to go to someone that is, that we trust and, you know, cause we develop a rapport with our, with our support group, um, therapists, et cetera. And when we can go back to them after a period of time to say, hey, I need to talk through some things because ultimately that's what it is. They may give us pointers and they may support us through finding new tools and, and techniques that are helpful for us. But ultimately, when we go to a counselor, we talk through what we're experiencing. We mm-hmm. go back to adverse mm-hmm. experiences wherever wherever they happened in the time mm-hmm. frame of our lives. And mm-hmm. we address and and often are able to reframe with the guidance of the counselor you know mm-hmm. reframe our perception and our perspective of those experiences that allows us to transform and change and become healthier through accepting rather than rejecting and moving 
through rather than skirting around. And at yeah. least that's that's what I, you know, that's what it was for me. And earlier when when we were talking, Jim, you'd said it was a mixture of things for you and not just any one yeah. thing. Yeah. And and yeah. that's definitely it. It's a mixture of things. It's not yeah. just one thing. It's a journey that brings us to that place of acceptance, right? And the awareness sure. that we can go within and we use the tools that we have we use what we have available to us and the knowledge yeah. and the understanding that we have at any given time. And when we use that, that's what opens us up to be able to move beyond that specific tool and find, seek out other tools that help us improve even more. It is a lifelong yeah. journey. It's yeah. not something that's just gonna bang, change, happen overnight. You know, it, it's, it's right. a, experience in and of itself it is a healing transformation journey whenever we are in recovery and it's lifelong once we get through one thing there's something else that we're going to be able to work on and reframe or when life throws us a curveball we'll be able to we might be caught off guard for a little bit yes but because of our experience with healing and addressing the things that we've gone through previously, we can draw on that experience to help us get through that. And maybe even find something new, reach out to our counselor, learn a new tool. Um, you know, I, and it's really, it's really empowering to know that there's not just one thing, because if one thing doesn't necessarily work for me or doesn't work for me anymore, I can choose something else. I can seek out something else. I'm not, stuck to one, one mode of thinking and one way of healing and recovering. And, you know, that's the beauty of recovery in and of itself too, is that it is individualized. It's just as individual as I am. Is my perception of my past, is your perception of your past. My experience of pain isn't the same as your experience of pain, but we both experienced pain. That's where we can relate. That's where we can connect and relating and connecting with others instead of rejecting and separating from others is how we heal together, you know? Sure. Yeah, I think, you know, when I think of my own recovery experience, the, the things that I did in the first year and then the things that helped in the next, you know, whatever years, two through whatever, seven or eight, they looked a little different and then 10, 10 through 15, those looked a little different and so on and so forth. You know, I don't know, 26 years in recovery. And so the tools are different as they move along. And I sort of, I look at it as a, as an evolution in my own recovery and, you know, getting back to, to the trauma piece, you know, for me, that wasn't something that in the beginning was talked about certainly in my family people didn't talk about their feelings or their struggles or in any of that and then even early on in you know treatment and mental health center and even early in therapy there really wasn't any talk about trauma and and, and I don't I, I you know I have some ideas around why that might have been I mean there were more critical things sort of going on in my experience I had to get some time under my belt before I could begin sort of taking some of those on but it it was <clears throat> it was quite a while down down the road 
um, before the topic of, of trauma began to come up and really, you know, my awareness about it began to be raised. You know, the system has so many ideas about chemical imbalances and I think the system is very medication-based and thinks mm -hmm. that a pill, a pill is going to, you know, hey, it's the recovery pill. You know, you're going to take this pill and that's recovery, right? And, and that's right. where I see, right? It's like where I see my friends, you know, my, my peers in recovery. It's where I see a lot of people really struggle because they don't have that robust sort of toolbox of things. It's like I have three tools, you know, two tools. I have one tool, you know. And to me, that's, that's very limiting. It's very, very limiting. And if you're going to go much deeper in recovery and really peel back the layers and get to probably what's, what's at the heart of the majority of mental health diagnoses, substance use, is probably, in my opinion, trauma-based. Uh, oh, I would absolutely. say right for the vast majority of people yet you think about the system as a whole and it it that's not we're so symptom focused in the, in 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 the system right we're so symptom focused you have an anger issue you know right because that's the way it's coming out in the person it's coming out as an anger issue you know or whatever depression or right it's, it's probably trauma. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, yeah. It's because probably trauma. When, when something happens and we can't cope with it, we we just it, it we bury it inside and it just sits. And sometimes we don't even remember what's happened, depending on the severity of the experience, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and so you know, in, in those situations, we just we don't understand the impact that 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 rejection of the experience. That we've had is having on every mm -hmm. dimension in our lives. Yeah, um, everything. And it, yeah. it 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 that's how it expresses itself. And you know, it, it's like whenever we express negative behavior. You know, I've got four kids. I've got I've got a thirteen year old daughter that is very very much like me in the expression of of her behavior symptoms. Right, the symptoms. And I know that the symptoms are a result of unaddressed experiences, things that she's not been able or had the tools at the time to help her get through. And whenever I wasn't sure. my healthiest, I wasn't there to guide her and help her through that. Now mm -hmm. I am, and I recognize them not as symptoms, but of expressions of her pain so mm -hmm. that I can more effectively help her. And you know that's made a huge difference in the past few years between in in my relationship with my child because it's also it's been through my recovery that I've been able to recognize what she needs from me to help mm -hmm. her through hers. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know that's how we can start changing things on a societal level, a cultural level. It has to start at home and we have to be willing to address the things within ourselves. And, and that's what we do when we're in recovery, right? We model recovery tools and we model the reality that having a, a vast toolbox is very important because as our recovery journey grows, 
as that healing experience lengthens and increases in time and broadens across our life, we add more and more tools to it. And we transcend from one tool to the next as we progress in our recovery and in our own healing. And, you know, you talked about being symptom focused. Well, that's part of the instant gratification mind process too, because if we stop the symptoms, then we're going to, the thought process is often that we're going to stop the problem. But unless we go deeper, we peel that back, that onion, and we get to the heart or the center and address that problem, we're still going to have symptoms that come out. We're going to have behaviors. We're going to have choices that are not our healthiest because we are not in a space and a place within ourselves to choose what is best for us or for our highest good. And right. when we make the choices that are best for us, we have behaviors that are best for us. We're able to address ourselves when we're feeling uncomfortable. You know, if we're emotionally healthy. That is whenever the choices that we make start impacting everyone and everything around us too. So we literally go inside ourselves. We do that work to change what's happening inside. And that impacts our perception of what's going on outside and how we respond, how we cope to new things. And that's where it's at, you know, that's, that's going to that level. And, you know, I could say, yes, I've been in stable recovery for seven years, but ultimately my recovery journey started decades ago, Jim, whenever I first had that adverse experience, that first adverse experience that I struggled with coping with. And I can identify with you in not being able to really express that. That wasn't the home environment that I had. You know, you're seen, not heard. You don't talk about your problems. You just buck it up and get through it. Well, I couldn't buck it up and get through it. I internalized it and it really impacted the way I felt about myself, everything, you know, as sure. I got older. And then I started having to address those things because I recognized that I was stuck. And whenever, whenever I went through a couple of years of adverse experience after adverse experience um, in my late teens and early twenties, that's whenever I moved past that, that's when I realized, you know what, something's got to change because I'm stuck, but I started cycling. I would go back and forth. I would use some tools and then I'd fall back and then I'd use some tools and then I'd fall back. And so, you know, but that's what it is. It's a beautiful journey because that entire journey is what brought me to the place where I had opportunity of awareness, right? So I had the opportunity and I was able and capable to take up that opportunity to go within myself and address those, those deeper issues. Because I wouldn't have been capable of doing that inner work whenever that first started in my late teens and early twenties. There's no way I would have been capable of it. I wouldn't have believed it was possible. The power of choice, I would have had no idea what that meant. I would have thought people who were talking to me about it were insane, right? Because I just was not in a place to, of acceptance and understanding. And, you know, every tool that we use, we build upon that. And we finally reach a place where it's just like a natural progression. We, we find ourselves doing the internal work without even realizing it. And then we can take a step back and see how the difference between this recovery experience and the last period of recovery 
that I was in, you know, stability or stable recovery that I was in prior to cycling again or uh, lapsing, relapsing symptoms, behaviors. The difference is the inner work, the choice that I, I have made internally to make sure that whenever I'm feeling uncomfortable, when I'm having a trouble or struggling to cope with something, I seek the resources, I seek the help. I do what I need to do to not bury that inside of myself and create even bigger problems for me. Right, right. Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> that's all very insightful. I mean, that's and it's all part of the journey that we can experience in recovery if we allow ourselves that that process and have self-awareness and are willing to work at it because it's definitely a lot of work. That's for sure. That's been my experience. I think um, having awareness and then being the second part of that is being willing to put in the work to seek out new, new recovery tools, you know, what's going to keep me well and experimenting and that's the work part that really goes into it and really being focused on it on a daily basis. I mean, today, you and I, I mean, we do this, this is our job, but long before it was my job, I still was focused on recovery every day, mm -hmm. right? You know, and so that's the piece I think um, that is really important if you want to go beyond to the next sort of levels and not just sort of go through the motions of the system and treatment and take your pill today and, you know, um, do what the system says and that it, there's so much more um, that a person can experience and grow um, opportunity for growth and and when you do that, it can open all kinds of different pathways for life, things that you would never even have imagined, you know, being able, being able to do. So it's uh, just a long process and a long, long recovery, right? Like long journey. Well, and, and I th thinking about it, Jim, I really think that that's what life is about. It's about learning how to heal and seeing or realizing that we can choose to see the negative experiences or the adversity, the crisis in our lives as opportunity to recognize the good things. Because that's, that's all, all, often the dichotomy too, is that we reject the experiences of darkness as such, right? The, the bad things, we reject that. We don't want that, it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But in experiencing that, that's when we can recognize the good things for what they are. And we can begin to see that everything isn't always all bad all the time. And we have to experience the light or experience the dark to recognize the light and vice versa. You know, mm -hmm. because once we experience something bad and we learn how or figure out how we, we can process that and get through it, then we can be more grateful whenever mm -hmm. we see something as positive. Mm -hmm. 
And then change happens because we start realizing, you know what, I can actually go back and I can reframe my perception of that experience because that experience, even though it was so painful at that time, was a part of this journey that brought me where I am right now. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's, that's just where understanding that it's not just an overnight process. It took us years to get to where we are. It's going to be the rest of our lives because it's part of our life journey. And regardless of, of what the experience is, I may not identify with, with certain pieces, certain choices and behaviors that, that others struggle with. And they definitely don't all identify with mine. But what we can identify with and connect on is the, is the pain that we've all felt at some point. It's a universal experience. Call it trauma, call it adverse experience whatever whatever however we choose to identify it the healing from that it's a natural progression it becomes our lifestyle and our lifelong journey all right well we have reached the end of today's time I want to thank you for tuning in to another recovery talks podcast you can catch us each week we put out uh weekly weekly podcast different topics uh different guests so you get to hear different uh, voices in recovery and different people talking about their experience amanda thanks for coming on it's been a great great conversation today thanks jim i appreciate it all right and we'll catch everybody next time thanks so much bye-bye bye recovery works and recovery is possible Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. (laughs) Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.